Well, hello, hello. Welcome to Sing Uncensored. My name is JJ and... And I'm YT. And today yes. we'll be talking about dealing with death. So I think um, as uh, JJ would have noticed, uh, recently there are a lot of stories about you know, unnatural deaths occurring in Singapore. So I think one of the, the latest examples would be the elderly couple and son who died after being suspected after suspected electrocution incident in a lakeside flat. So those are one of the incidents of um, the unnatural deaths that have been happening in Singapore. So what are your thoughts about it, JJ? Mm, I'm very emotional, really. Do you, I mean, um, Whitey, do you, did you uh, read the um, Straight Times, uh, the Mothership, um, about this post. Yes, so I understand that there were three people involved. There's the um, there's eighty year old man, and then there's his wife, and then there's his son. So apparently, the elderly man fell in the shower, and then I believe the wife tried to save him, and in the um in the process also got electrocuted. Correct me if I'm wrong. That that's mm. my understanding of how the story went. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I did, I did. Uh. Uh, open up some articles they actually mentioned do you know what race were they <laughs> no i do not know oh my god uh, they are malays uh-huh okay. yeah they are malays mostly i didn't know that i thought it, they they were they were like um i don't know mixed race or something then um uh, from what i've read the 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 wife actually went in and then it was the water heater mm-hmm yeah. Then um after that it was uh he she was shocked. Then the the husband tried to rescue her, and then and then he got ele- electrocuted as well. And then the the son, which is about forty nine years old, mm-hmm. came to the house with his with with his fifteen years old uh, son, right? And mm-hmm. he actually saw both of his parents inside the toilet. Right, mm-hmm. laying down, and they and he tried to help them and got electrocuted as well. Mm-hmm. You imagine how how did, did the do you know the boy feel? A fifteen year old boy. I mean, it is. It would have been very traumatizing. I that I can I cannot even begin to imagine how uh, that fifteen year old kid would have been feeling because I mean seeing your close ones die right in front of you especially at this age where at 15 year olds it's a very emotional stage it's when people oh it's when children usually go through puberty so um I can only wish the best for this child because it really would take a lot of courage and a lot of help to actually get past this stage of grief they didn't. They didn't mention anything about the wife, though. I don't know whether the. I mean, the the son actually got any help from, you know, the relevant, you know, mm-hmm. um, help or counsel, you know, to assist them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They. After then. After that, they. Uh, they didn't even uh, make any posts or remarks about this lah. It's very. Mm-hmm. It's very saddening, you know, to see because when I open up, my social media, I. I seen this multiple times and a lot of people have been sharing about this. Then one case after another, the the you know the other the other case where the fourteen year old charged with murder. Yes. Yeah, but uh, to the father at the Flora Road. Yeah. I think there is a condo, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the case about? So yeah, I believe that a fourteen year old teenager was charged with murdering his father. 
So I don't think a lot of information has been reviewed uh, has been reviewed uh, because I think the police are still doing their investigations. But for the fact, I I cannot even begin to imagine what the boy is thinking at fourteen years old. You would actually have thoughts of doing your father. <laughs> for me, it accidental. only seems like I the. F- the fact that they use the word murder, that already implies intention. I highly, I I have no idea, yeah, how, okay, physically speaking, I don't see how a 14-year-old can really um, overpower uh, his father. So I'm not so sure how or why, but I would, I do not want to comment on it before the police investigation results. But how, Whitey, how does one classify murder? Is it like when um, the suspect actually agree or, you know, admit that he wants to kill, have intention to kill, then it's classified as murder or what? No. So, I mean, under the penal code, uh, murder does not necessarily just require intention. So long, so it not only, um, so there are, if I still remember my criminal law correctly, <laughs> there are four branches of, uh, uh, there are four yeah, provisions under this, uh, this murder provision. So not, um, so one of it is you intend to kill someone, right? That is obviously mm-hmm. murder. Mm-hmm. But then there are also cases uh, where you actually inflict a serious enough injury such that it would cause death. Okay. That death is the only inevitable outcome. So that is also considered murder. So even if you don't intend to kill that person, but you intend to actually cause him uh, grievous harm, and that harm would nat- would reasonably you someone would expect that harm to actually result in death, then that is also considered as murder. Okay. Yeah. So that that is just uh yeah, that's just a brief. So when they of- say murder means is basically the death of the father, right? Yes. With or without intention is still a murder because he killed his father, right? Um. Well, no, no. Murder is murder, and then there is also um, rashly causing someone's death or negligently causing someone's death as well. So it's it's all different offenses. Hmm. Yeah. So that's why um the fact that the middle portrayed to be actually used the word murder, I think it's quite curious. Because murder in itself, like you said, it, it does carry intent of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I have no idea how this incident actually happened, but it is very tragic. I think having to deal with, regardless of whether he murdered or not, having to deal with um, death at such a young age, I, yeah, I, on, on, I mean, for me, I have, thankfully, I've never had the experience of having to deal with death at such a young age, but. Um, how about you, JJ? <laughs> Any um, thoughts about that? Death. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, uh, I understand that. I mean, you're. I I'm not so sure if you're you're open to discussing about your your late mom's death. I mean, I didn't. I mean, I can open to to the podcast to sing uncensored. <laughs> uh, but I think I I might will go emotional. But before I go to that, um, mm-hmm. uh, I did I did actually um read a little bit about the fourteen year old boy that being charged with murder. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he, as of now, right, he's in the, uh, IMH, psycho ward. Yeah, he's under. Psychiatric observation. Yeah, so I think something wrong with his head, lah. <laughs> That's why I think he can actually kill his uh, father, and mm-hmm. might it might be you know I mean assumption, uh, assuming that he 
his father is actually an abusive one. I don't know, maybe he re- retaliate, you know, with, you know, mm-hmm. killing his father. You know, that's also a possibility, you know. It's, of course. Yeah, because I don't think any 14-year-old, you know, knowing that your dad actually bring you up since young, you know, bring mm-hmm. you to this world and we have uh, giving you thoughts and, you know, to to actually kill him. No, what? You, I mean, biologically and logically, you as a son or daughter will have this, uh, I don't know, this loving to your parents lah. Loving sense, you know. Yeah, but I mean... Um, I feel like that is not applicable applicable to everyone, honestly. Why? As much as you like to think that there is this uh, bi- biological bond between you and your parents. Mm-hmm. You think otherwise, right? There are a lot of... Yeah, for me, I've... Um, for me, I feel like this whole thing of parenthood, there are some people who actually go into parenthood without being prepared, without the right mindset. Mm-hmm. And when they actually psychologically scar the kid, I feel like that is very inhumane. And for me, if if I were to, let's say if this boy is abused, mm-hmm. and if I were to put myself in this position, honestly, I don't think that I'll ever forgive my parents. Because for me, I don't have a choice of being born of being choosing the family that I'm born with. But for them, they had a choice of whether to give birth to me or not. And the fact that they chose to abuse me, because, <laughs> despite having given birth to me, that for them, it is a choice. And they have to leave the consequences of the choice, which um, I would have no remorse if I were to just cut off all ties with them. So for me, I feel like this whole thing of just because your parents, I will accept whatever you do. I, I really don't believe so. Oh my God, YT, yeah. you are so direct. <laughs> <laughs> you are so direct. Oh my god! I don't. Oh my goodness! This is the. I mean, uh, your side, your. I would say, I think more. I think I will deal more things with more uh, emotional, uh, way mm-hmm. right compared to you. For me, my personal perspective, I, I do think that is that is a bond lah. It's just that I think when, the way how you say it, it's more on. I think personal. Uh, char- character based, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, do you think that you are feeling this way is because how you are brought up, or is it just who you are? Wow. Um. If I were to say if it's how I'm brought up, I'm sure my parents would kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they they did not want to raise me this way. Uh huh. But I believe it's uh, I think it's both. Maybe. It's partially both uh, the way I brought up and the way how I'm wired, the way how I'm born. Because um, for me, I see relationships not something as given. Mm-hmm. I feel like relationships, regardless of whether it's uh, family, with friends, with lovers, with colleagues, all these relationships need to be worked on. Like the only, I mean, the fact that I mean you are family members doesn't mean that, oh, you everything is you will forgive everything and anything that can be done. No, I don't I don't believe so. I believe that everyone has to put in their effort. Everyone has to um, live up to whatever obligations or expectations are, are expected from this relationship. So, like, for me recently, not recently, I think one year back, I learned that my cousin actually got into a really deep, got into really, really deep mm-hmm. trouble. So he actually raked up a debt of almost, I think, one mil- one million USD dollars and he was actually <laughs> yeah he was actually uh, he was working in I, I can't remember I think it was Cambodia or Vietnam mm-hmm. and then he was actually locked he was actually um caught by the authorities there because um 
of I think he was accused of being uh, of embezzling the company's funds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when he was there, my aunt contacted me because knowing that I have legal background, she actually tried to ask me and say what can she do and everything. And she was so hysterical. And when I saw her, I felt like, why do you even want to bother helping your son? Yeah. It's such a situation because it's not like he, it's not like, okay, let's say if he go into an accident and then he, he's like in the hospital and he needs the funds and then you, you want to go down and help. Mm. I mean, that, that kind of situation where it's not his fault, mm. I understand. But where he, he is already like a 30-year-old man, he himself made the decision mm. to go and embezzle the funds and to be caught up with the police there and to do all these illegal activities there. He should bear the consequences. Mm-hmm. And I, as much as I understand that there is this maternal bond between, you know, or parent parental bond, but there has to be a limit. I don't think it's endless. I really don't think it's endless. So she was very desperate. She tried to help. And in the end, she herself actually gave a personal guarantee. And then she actually borrowed money from my, from everyone she knew, including my parents as mm, well, which wow. for me, I was quite hesitant. Because um, she did ask for quite a huge sum, but it's very small as compared to how much her son owes. Yeah, her. you were you were furious at that time. Remember, you you told me about this. I yeah. Was. Oh yeah. my goodness. So that's where I feel like you can't just use the word family as an excuse for to do anything and everything under the sun. Mm-hmm. There has to be limits. But I know that I don't. My views are probably not the most conventional ones. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I it's is your own view you know it's on your own view mm-hmm. and how you actually look at uh family i mean if if i mean we are you are talking about dealing with death so for example if let's say choi touch wood lah if anything happens to those of your loved ones will you like uh, they are go i mean they pay, they pass on right will you feel huh? will you feel sad or mm. okay so my um <laughs> My views on death is a bit uh, unorthodox as well. <laughs> For me, I feel like um, death is inevitable and we have to accept death. Uh, I have actually um, experienced my grandma's, my grandmother's and grandfather's passing. Mm-hmm. Um, did I feel sad? I felt, I, felt, I, felt, I felt a sense of pity though. It, it wasn't really so, so much as um, me, myself, feeling sad. But I felt like they could have lived better lives mm. yeah because you know uh, for grandparents you know they they were living through a very difficult time in their lives and then they are probably not the most rich and they were struggling a lot in life so when I felt when I thought back about how you know how much time I actually spent with them and then when I actually re- recalled their stories it just triggered uh, yeah, a sense of pity I guess pity yeah and uh, yeah pity it's like a it's like they didn't live their life to the fullest when I hear about their backstories. Like, they had to sacrifice a lot. Yeah. So, that, that was how I felt when I was dealing with their deaths. So, I mean, I felt sad, but not because their lives have come to an end, but the fact that when they were alive, um, I felt like they could have been doing more. Mean, you, they, they, they could, could have, have done more. La. They could have done more in their lives. You know, they yeah. can spend more, do uh, more things. like. Yeah, I mean, by their, it's by no fault of theirs. So I think it's just the circumstances they were brought, they were brought up. I mean, that they they found themselves in, but yeah. So it, it just made me feel quite sad in that sense, like a sense of pity. That yeah, that's why I used the word pity. Mm. But for me, yeah, for me, I feel like death is inevitable, and I've actually come to terms with death. Yeah, I've thought about uh, my own death 
many many a times. I've thought about my. I've thought about. I've imagined what would, how would I handle, or how would I feel if my parents or my family members would pass away. <laughs> so I, I'm kind of like um uh, prepared. <laughs> it mean you you pre you prepared someone's death. <laughs> no, no, as in you prepared on how to react when someone someone died. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> no, no, no. As in, it's not that I prepared. It's more like I just thought about it, and. I thought about if they were to pass on, mm-hmm. how would I respond? Yeah, isn't that planning I, I would... on how to react when someone goes? <laughs> okay, yes, I do that. When you put it like that, I don't know why, but it just sounds very <laughs> it's odd. odd. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird, but I, no, but... I mean, that is how you, view, how you view death. I mean... Because I feel like a death is a very good reminder for us to actually treasure our lives, to live, at the, live in the moment. And... Every time when I think about death, it always motivates me to um, work harder or to spend more time with them because by reminding myself of their inevitable death, it makes me feel like the time that we have is very, very precious. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily view um, death as a bad thing, honestly. I feel like without death, all of us would be just living very meaning- meaningless lives, you know, because if there's no end to life, then, then yeah, there there is nothing for... I mean, then there is no, you know, there is no... Purpose. There's no motivating for you. Yeah, there's no purpose. There's no purpose. It's only because they, there are there are ends. There are there there comes a point in time where everything will end. That's why it gives whatever that you do purpose. That's that's my. It's a more. It's a give you the the meaning of life, basically. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Death gives you the meaning of life. That's that's how I view okay. that. Okay, but I mean, I think I can speak for most of the most of the listeners out there. They when they okay. view death, it's more on uh, emotional connection to them. And also mm. about the the person that you are with or the person that you know. For example, you, YT, and me, right? Mm. There's only one of you, right? Mm. So when there's only one of you, means you are born. You are born into this world. You grew up to be the person mm-hmm. you are, right? And mm. then I got to know you, you know, like few years back, and then like we get to know each other. And you are just one. You are you. You there's even though, even if you are twins, right? They are twins, right? They are, your twin won't be mm-hmm. you. So the moment okay. if you pass on, right, and you leave, right, I will feel I will feel very sad and quite emotional because there won't be someone like you. Yeah. Hmm. So, I mean, it's, I mean, it's quite quite saddening, you know, when, uh. Let me share on what happened to me uh, seven years ago lah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, as to all the listeners out there, I actually lost my mom seven years ago. So, uh, I did, I, I will do a summary of the story lah. So, um, um, back in 2013, um, mm-hmm. my mom was only 53. She... Oh shit! Oh, I see. I want to tell this story. I'm quite emotional. Really, shit. Yeah. No, okay, just... okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, she she's only fifty three. She uh, it was November, November two thousand to uh twelve, uh, going to two thousand thirteen, and then um, she said that she wanted to go to this uh, uh, uh island which is uh Langkawi Island. If you guys all know. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to go there and she kept on saying that she wanted to go there. And then um, the reason being she wanted to go there is because uh, 
10, 10, uh, not 10, 15 years ago, um, our family had a dispute lah. So, um, she only did, she didn't manage to go to Langkawi Island. Yeah, because of this uh, family dispute. So, uh, back uh, seven years ago, she said she wanted to go. So, at that time, she was already starting to get like uh, a little bit sick here and there. So, uh, mm. but it's like a normal, you know, sick, uh, you know, coughing and such, going to the hospital without telling us. Nothing, yeah, nothing serious. serious. Nothing serious. Oh, so um, and then, I was only nine. 19, yeah, 19 going to 20 at that time. So, mm-hmm. she she said, okay lah, let's go lah. Uh, then it's already uh, January, then we we did uh, we did the flight and ticket and such. And then, mm-hmm. uh, we already booked, so it was March, uh, March 2015. And then, we, we took the leave and then she was already, uh, it's very hard for her to walk because she is quite weak already at that time but uh, like the uh, my siblings right and my whole family didn't even think that she is you know because she have lost so much weight and then we saw her you know i don't know it's like we see her every day then we didn't know that she is actually going through something mm-hmm. and then she uh, i remember the past few weeks before we actually fly off to langkawi she said Uh, JJ, look at me. I'm, uh, I'm getting slimmer than you. You know, it was just like a normal thing. And then after that, when we mm-hmm. fly off, um, uh, at that time, my bunch of friends actually said to me, uh, JJ, uh, I hope, um, you know, your mom, uh, managed to, uh, you know, heal. Uh, when mm-hmm. she go overseas, you know, hopefully the the overseas, uh, take away the, you know. I don't know, the sickness away from her or something lah. Then, mm-hmm. then I'm like, okay, I hopefully lah, just pray for us, blah, blah, blah. So when we fly over, it was a four-day streak, four-day streak, you know, we, she's like normal, you know. Yeah, we had, mm-hmm. there's a lake, you know, she managed to swim. She can swim, you know. She swim in the lake and everything, we carried her. Then after that, uh, we wanted to go to the waterfall. Then after that, she You know, she, you know what was her last meal that she requested? What was the last? She said to she said to me, JJ, can you please find for me a hot Milo and a chicken porridge from KFC? Yeah, hmm. she wanted that for the past one month, but I couldn't get for her because I was working like crazy. Yeah, hmm. and then uh, and then we are at Langkawi, and it's on the third day. Um, I'm. I finally managed to get the KFC for her. There's a KFC there. I brought back to the hotel, hmm. let her eat. Didn't think of anything. We took the cable car. She was in there. She was holding her. She was holding her heart lah. It's like, hmm. don't. Uh, not now. Uh, I. Uh, Uh, not now, she say. She say in you know in the prayers, she say uh, astaghfirullahalazim, mm. astaghfirullahalazim. Then at that time, still I I didn't you know we we didn't think of anything you know. And then when the cable mm-hmm. car went down, she say I want to go to hospital now. I want to go hospital now. 
Mm-hmm. And you know, our entire life, right, she never asked us to go to hospital. Never. Never once mm-hmm. she asked. So it was so weird that she wanted to go to the hospital, let alone, you know, in the island itself. In this, Langkawi, you know, it's Malaysia. Then she said, I wanted to go now. Mm-hmm. When she, we were in the van proceeding, right, to the to the hospital, mm-hmm. um, she she was half la, halfway left and right the face and then like you know mm-hmm. I, I can't see anything in her really then um mm-hmm. I had to carry her out from the van and then um I carried her she was so light she said JJ are you are you okay? can you carry me then I'm like yeah I can carry you I carried her put on a wheelchair not thinking anything She went into mm-hmm. the emergency room. After an hour, mm-hmm. we heard her shout, and that was her last. Hmm. You, you know, the, my whole siblings were shocked and didn't know mm-hmm. that this was coming. The diagnosis, the diagnosis mm-hmm. was. Too much sugar in the blood, uh, diabetic, diabetic or something. But she doesn't have any diabetes. That's the thing. Mm. That's why. Like, till to till date lah, I don't know what's the cause of death, you know. But I always tell my siblings, you know, and my family. I say, just, just you know, take it as if today. I mean, that day was her day to go, and then just yep. accept. That she's already gone, you know. She mm-hmm. basically she's not here anymore, lah. I see. So on a personal level, I mean, how do you actually overcome this whole period of grief? Oh. Like, how do you actually step out of it? Um, for me, I took actually three months, three months only. Yeah, three, three months, months only. Um, okay. however, my I cannot speak for my siblings. They have their yep. own time frame. My sister, one of my sister, actually took about two years. My bra, my uh, my uh, older brother took about three years. And then my smaller mm-hmm. brother took him about two years as well. So when when I'm talking about this period, right, means that they will be crying maybe every two to three days. They will be, you know, like mm-hmm. mourning lah. Basically, you know, remembering. Yeah, for me, I did not, you know, I did, I did not, I don't think that is necessary, you know, to keep mourning and crying lah. But I mean, it's I'm dealing mm-hmm. with emotions. I do have to, you know, like you know, have to move move forward. You know, your 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 mom yes. is your mom. Now she's gone. Now you have to move forward. You have to change your lifestyle, and then you have to bring yourself up because nobody is going to help you un- until you help yourself. So, and I'm pretty sure that she also would not want you all to be. Stuck in that state of uh, yeah yeah yeah. So it's it's quite it's quite it's quite sad that she's gone. But I mean, you know, we really have to look forward. So the recovery process for me was actually only three months. Uh, left and right, you know, every time when I turn left, they're like, eh, I see, I see, like you know, some I can remember some of the things that she did. You know, whenever when I go home, then she will see like. Uh, JJ, have you eaten? You know that those small, small things that you know I will remember, and it's quite, yep. it's quite like, it it brings back memories, lah. So, mm-hmm. the the again, it comes back to the thought of that person is no longer there, 
and then like you know that person there's mm-hmm. only one in this world you know you can't recreate mm-hmm. you can't recreate or clone the person you know that's why i think uh, it hits us lah i mean that's why when i ask you whether how how it actually how death actually affected you and then you said it's more on you know in a different way I, yeah for me i don't actually view the future because it seems like you are you are sad that oh you won't be able to spend time mm, with this person mm, anymore right mm. you won't be able to try with this person anymore but for me i don't really take a a, a more future oriented pro- uh, thinking about it for me i always look for me how i view it is i always uh, look at what they have done in their life and have they live um the life that they wanted to live and for me like i feel like people who have actually lived a very fulfilled life there's no need for me to be sad because it feels like they have done whatever that they wanted to have done in this world and there's really nothing much for them anymore so passing on is just a natural and a very good closure to a very good chapter of their life uh, not a chapter their entire that is their life last, last chapter of, of life. <laughs> yeah that's their last chapter and it ends beautifully you know because they have already done whatever they they set out to do so that's why i feel like living a fulfilling life i mean for me like whether i feel like they have lived a, a fulfilling life based on their own terms of course not based on my terms but if they, i felt like they have already lived their life to the fullest there is no need to be sad about it there's no need to be sad about their passing. That's are how you, I do it. But I do... Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, are, you, are, you, are you ready for death? I am. I have thought about it from when? <laughs> Let me see. I've thought about it since when I was... What? 15. Because there was a period of time uh, I was very into um, mm-hmm. philosophy. And then um, there are a lot of big questions about life or what is the meaning of life and when you ask that kind of question of what is the meaning of life naturally you have to think mm. about death and at first it was very hard for me to grapple with this concept of death because I think uh, many people face this um, have this fear of the unknown right like what's beyond life like after you after you die mm-hmm. what happens right so that's why there's a lot of like religions that say oh you there is afterlife so um or you are reincarnated. Uh, you are reincarnated to a different organism or a different life or something like that. So that ha- kind of reassures people that you know that that kind of gives them certainty that there is something beyond death. Death. Because I don't. I think it's very hard for people to imagine that death is just not being anymore, not being not in existence anymore. It's just you're just you're just gone, and I think that's very hard for people to understand. Um, but for me, I. I eventually came to terms with it um, through a lot of reading, through trying to think about death in itself. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. That's... that's... I know that's very morbid. My parents thought that there was something wrong with me. But I feel like... um, I think it's very important for people to think about death. Um, Not only from the emotional perspective of it, but also like the practical Hmm. aspects of it. Because you know I'm a uh, I'm in the legal industry, right? So I've actually helped a lot of um, people do their wills and everything. So I think that many people are not planned for their death because let, let's say they don't write their will, so they do they do not plan for their their families after they pass on. How are they going? How are they going to help their families carry on with their lives by giving them their assets and stuff like that? Also, so I feel like thinking about death is very it, it is something that everyone has to do at some stage in life. 
maybe not at the age of 15, but <laughs> you are too young. And you are prepared to <laughs> You are too it. young to think about <laughs> death, my goodness. You know, do you know that um uh you talk about you know suicide, right? Yeah. Ah, so I mean suicide, I do have yes. uh I do have some uh some of my friends actually ask me uh, regards to this. You know, sing Singapore you can't you know you have I mean other countries they do have um they call it assisted suicide. Yeah, suicide. you haven't read about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um for me my opinion is that suicide and assisted suicide or sometimes they call it euthanasia mm. as well, right? These two are very separate concepts. I think a lot of people um, conflate these two topics. So my understanding of suicide is that when you want to Mm. end your life, right, it's a voluntary choice and there are no restrictions Mm. whatsoever. But when you're talking about like euthanasia or assisted suicide, where there are actually medically trained professionals to help you to uh, end your life. Um, and And this euthanasia is actually strictly only for people who are terminally ill or who are unconscious. Mm-hmm. So it is very different from suicide where, I mean, anyone can commit suicide, right? But for euthanasia, there are requirements no. for, it to con- for it to be considered as like euthanasia or assisted suicide in those countries that actually legalize Okay, it. but in, in Singapore, it's yeah. illegal, right? In Singapore, um, oh, uh, interestingly, mm. in the past, there is an offense for suicide. So let's say if you were to commit suicide, and then somehow or another mm. you fail in your suicide attempt, you yeah, can actually yeah, yeah. get charged. Yes. It is an offense. But I think they actually uh, repealed it um, in 20, I think with effect from the start of last year uh. or this year. So right now it's not an offense. But helping people, assisting in suicide, it, if I'm not wrong, it still remains an mm. offense. I see. Yeah. Okay. I mean, from your perspective, do you really think it makes a difference having a law against suicide? Um, I mean, it's a deterrence, I would say. Yeah, it's a deterrence for, you know, okay. people uh, People in Singapore, they do they do think that um, it's a law-abiding, you know, citizen and such. They they put this as into before they actually make a decision of what they are doing. However, I mean, I mean, suicide itself is quite taboo, you know, for, you know, even people in general to talk about it it's very yeah. very sensitive topic that what we are talking about right now it's very i know i mean when i'm talking about it you know my hair stands i don't know why it's very scary but i mean it's a very sensitive topic because i think um suicide cases have been increasing you know in singapore mm-hmm. and it's a topic that i think we should actually touch on as well uh, for this podcast yeah um to the listeners out there if Okay, you are thinking of doing doing things to yourself, you know, harming yourself in a certain way. Um, please do actually call a helpline or hotline, you know, of uh, uh, suicide yeah. because, um, as we can we do not know what you are thinking in your head. However, you know, mm-hmm. um, when you are facing you know mental disorders or the things that you are going through right now in your life is just temporary. You know, with the right sake of help, you they can actually, you know, help you in in whole. Because sometimes you don't even know what you are mm-hmm. going through, and you don't know what is actually happening in your body. You know, be be physical or mentally. You know, yeah. So it's very a sensitive mm-hmm. topic. So please, so anybody who's out there, 
<laughs> do not you know this this topic is very sensitive uh do not take suicide as a very you know a minimal uh thing you know because life is a uh, very special uh precious like what white said i think in everybody lah yeah mm-hmm. so i mean in my view for if suicide uh in uh, whether is it is is it a good deterrence uh for singapore to actually have an offense if you fail to suicide i think it's good yeah what's okay for me i take mm. a slightly different uh view on that uh as much as of course i think suicide should not be encouraged i don't think it should be made an offense because um let's let's put ourselves in the shoe of someone who who is trying to who who wants who is thinking about committing suicide Do you really think that one of the things in their mind is that oh it might be against the law? I don't think so. I'm sure this person is straddled with all their emotional problems, relationship problems, life problems, and the law in itself is is probably not even on his or her mind. So I think rather than actually like focusing or expending resources, probably not expending resources, but focusing on making it a an offense, rather I think the government should be actually helping. To provide assistance to this kind of people, reaching out to this kind of people, you know, taking preventive measures to, to help with the mental, well-being of the their citizens, rather than making it a law. Okay. You know, make like criminalizing these people doesn't mm-hmm. change anything. It 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 does not change the how they're going to view how how they're going to view their life. It doesn't change. It doesn't definitely remove their suicidal thoughts. Mm, that's correct. for sure. So. I am very glad that the law is repealed. That's for uh, that that that's for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> But I mean, suicide in itself. Okay, so I, there is a difference between uh, assisted suicide mm-hmm. and suicide, right? So, from your, I mean, on your from your personal um, point of view, do you think that assist, assisted suicide should be allowed? Um, when you say assisted suicide, it would it be like from the Uh, the person that wants to suicide consent, or no, no. So it's more like let's say if you are someone mm-hmm. on their deathbed, right, and then they they know that they are they are, uh, they are suffering from an mm-hmm. incurable disease, and every day they are suffering. You know, their body is in pain. They cannot eat. Mm-hmm. They're always vomiting, and they want to end their life. Mm-hmm. Then that's where euthanasia. So they actually want mm-hmm. to end their life there. That's what euthanasia is about, right? It's about having medical professionals to help you to actually, um, yeah, to to help you to end okay. your life. So what I mean, um, yeah. So in that situation, would you do you think that you know, euthanasia or assisted suicide is morally correct? Would you? I uh, do you think that it should For... be allowed? For these people to actually make a decision okay, about their lives. Okay, I mean, if, if you want to take control of your life, I mean, everybody have to take control of their life. Yes. They have a choice whether they again to end it or not, right? Yeah, I mean, yes. coming from your point, you say that uh, if the person is actually have uh, incurable disease, you know, illnesses, and they can't take it yes. anymore, and they are on they are basically they are bedridden, you know, yeah. and yeah. basically like for example, they are on stage four, right? Stage four cancer mm-hmm. and they they can't mm-hmm. do whatsoever, so I mean uh, things like this it really goes back to case to case basis. Yeah, it's it is and from my point of view, I think it should be allowed. 
okay if the with the consent mm. and witnesses as well so if it must be you know coming from uh, the uh, witness and the the person that wants this assisted to be assisted with then i think mm. it should be allowed yeah it cannot it, it cannot be you know just by their own but i mean it also comes back to then your life is not yours right What do you mean Because by your life if is not yours? It's not allowed. Well, I mean assisted. Yeah, assisted is not allowed. Assisted suicide is not allowed. Then yep. it's like you don't take control of your life. I mean the life is not yours. Mm-hmm. Then whatever you do, I mean to think about it lah. Those uh those countries that actually allow um this type of um escapism, right? It's yep. It's more of they are able to take control of their life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you about the fact that, you know, having laws that actually allow mm. it, we are not mm. encouraging it. No one is encouraging it. I mean, if you don't want to kill yourself, mm-hmm. don't, please don't kill yourself. At least having, you know, this option of giving a, giving people option of, like you said, having the personal autom- autonomy of actually deciding mm. on whether you want to live or die, I think that in itself mm. should be a basic human right, right? As with the right to live, yeah. I feel like people have the right to die. Yeah, as well. I did. I did. I did watch you know? a documentary on uh, this assisted suicide. It's about 30 minutes plus mm-hmm. uh, in uh, YouTube. Then, um, there was this girl actually uh have been having this mental illness for for quite some time, and then throughout her teenage years, he she is twenty seven already, and every day she has been dealing it mm-hmm. with it, and then going to you know. Uh, psychiatrists, even the psychologists, actually gave her the the pills and such. It doesn't help. Every day she's being tormented, tormented yep. by her own mind. Um, yep. uh, at the end of the the documentary, uh, she actually went through. She went through a lot of because it's not a one time thing. Let's you sign the waiver and you went into the the they call it. Is no, yeah, they have to go through a lot. You know, the last the last step is actually yes. to go into inside the pot, and then like they put in gases, and then bye bye. <laughs> yeah, so is yeah. they ex. No, but before that, also you see this process is they mm. they have a lot of safeguards mm. before that. Like you said, mm. they have to get their consent. You know, they have to go through counseling to ensure that mm. they know what they're doing, and it's an actually an informed choice. Yeah. So, but you know, there are people out there. As much as we we say that we are for euthanasia or assisted suicide, right? There are people out there who think that, you know, the sanctity of life should should be undisturbed. That, you know, regardless of anything, your mm. life is precious, like you said, right? So you shouldn't be allowed to do anything that actually jeopardizes this life. I mean, what what do you think about it? What do you think about the such thoughts about the sanctity of life? I mean, again, life is really precious, lah. I mean, you. I mean, do you believe in soul, Whitey? Yes. <gasps> no, I don't. Oh my god! Are you sure? <laughs> really? I we we can save oh that for god. a separate uh, okay, for okay. a separate so, uh, podcast session. I mean, for me, my belief that I do I do believe that everyone have soul. Okay, is is not on to the religion itself. Okay, it's more on yeah. to my be my, uh, my understanding. Yeah, because if we don't, because what we are now, right, is just a body mm-hmm. with a soul. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So mm-hmm. when someone dies, right? Their your your body is actually lighter. Yeah, your body is actually okay. lighter. So that means the soul escapes the body. Uh, there's scientific explanations for that. <laughs> yeah, but so let's, uh, I mean, I mean, that, that is just <laughs> that's just one part of it, lah. So yeah, that's just one part of, of it. Course, so I mean, course. uh, I mean, for me as a Muslim, I do believe in again heaven and hell and mm. the afterlife. But I mean, um, even mm-hmm. to to think about because we are we are here for a reason. We are alive for a reason, and then like again, yeah. like what you said. You know when you are living, right? You you live to the fullest. Yeah, you live to your fullest. Yes. I mean, you are given this opportunity to live, right? Yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. why not do the things that you want? Do the things that you want. You know, make yourself happy. Make make your your the people yeah. around you happy. You 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 really need to enjoy yourself. You know, rather than okay lah, I I. I cannot I cannot talk about those people that are actually having you know uh, dark thoughts you know they they do have mm-hmm. challenges I mean everyone is not created equal yeah so mm-hmm. to think about the san- sanctity of life is very precious because mm-hmm. your parents actually brought you into this world like again they can't choose when to give birth to you but uh, you know it comes naturally when if you have a family whitey you know right <laughs> but there is also family planning <laughs> okay my so much contradiction mampus then yeah so so it's like you know it's sometimes uh they they don't plan to have you but you know suddenly you you came out and then you know you are here and then they brought you up so you <laughs> So I mean to put it to put it simply, yeah, life you is a owe, miracle, right? You owe you owe not some I wouldn't say someone something. You yes. You owe yourself you owe your, yourself something, yes. To live your life to the fullest. Then what do you think, YT? Mm-hmm. For me, okay. Um I believe in I very strongly mm-hmm. believe in personal autonomy. I feel like we as long as we are making an informed decision, we have we should have the right to decide when we want to live, when we want to die. I have I have friends who tell me that they want to die when they're 40. I mean, for me, I'm just like, sure, do you. If you want to die at 40, <laughs> by all means. But I think what's the most important for me is not the fact that life is precious, but, you know, it's the quality of life. What kind of life you're living, right? You can have, let's say you can have 100 or 200 years. You can, you can be immortal. But if you're going to like squander away every, you know, second of your life, then what kind of life is your life really worth living? So I think a lot of people, for me, I feel like a lot of people place the emphasis wrongly on the length of your life rather than the quality of your life. For me, I feel like the quality of your life is most important, regardless of how long or how short it is. So long as you live your life to the fullest, I feel like you will have no regrets and you should not and yeah, you should not be afraid of dying or of death. Mm. Yeah. So that's 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 how you, I view death. Are you living? As much as are you living your life a, to the fullest now, or are you a slave to the corporate society? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Wow, sorry. JJ. 
<laughs> Thanks for rubbing it in. But I mean, come on. If everybody who wants to live their life to the fullest, they would have quit their corporate jobs. And then, you know, I'm going to do this. I don't care. I'm going to do this. I'm going to live free, you know. I'm going to go cycling cycling on Monday. Yeah. Okay. Okay, okay, okay let okay. me defend myself. Huh? I'm... I would say that right now, I'm doing things that as much as I do not want to do, it's for a purpose. Okay. It's for a what is purpose. the purpose? Right? <laughs> yeah. It's for me to, for me, I would eventually, I would mm-hmm. like to have my own business. I would like to be my own boss. So whatever I'm doing now, I'm, I'm slobbing away. I'm being no. a corporate slave, as you put it. <laughs> I'm selling my soul to the devil. Oh, okay. You, okay, you are planting All the this, seeds, right? I feel like it's a... Or oh, are you watering the plant now? Yes, exactly. No, I'm, I'm planting the seeds. I'm Right now, I'm building the foundation for whatever I want to do in the future. And for me, I feel that is how I want to lead my life. And it is a choice that I'm willing to make. <laughs> there are sacrifices that I'm willing to make. But I'm, yeah, I I'm I stand for my decision. I stand by my decision. So I oh. will throw the question back to you, JJ. Oh. Oh. Are you living your life to the fullest? Mm. Oh my god, that is question. That question. Huh. Am I living my life to the fullest? Mm-hmm. I can't. Sorry, you can? So that means you are not no, yet, but you I can. I cannot. I can't. Yeah, I can't, can't as of now. Yeah, because there is there is so many things to do right now and I'm dealing with a lot of things. Okay? I mean, I portray a certain image to people around me, but I can't really live my life mm-hmm. to the fullest. Because of, again, you know, like you said, planting seeds, you know, um, you know, w- the watering the plant. I don't even have the seed. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't even have the seed. <laughs> yeah, so mm-hmm. it's, I mean, uh, I do, I work, I work hard, you know, I work hard and I, I'm trying my best, you know, to be, to be the best version of myself. Yeah, and of course, there's a lot. There's a lot of there's a lot of things going going on my mind right now to actually live my life to the fullest. Again, if uh, if I do, you know, if I can, right? If let's say monetary is not an issue, I mean, I do not, I do not have any monetary issues. But if I'm I'm financially, uh, I wouldn't say stable financially. You know, stable. financial freedom. Yeah, if I do have financial freedom, right? Okay. I wouldn't be wo- I wouldn't be working and being a corporate slave. You know, I would do the things I want. Mm-hmm. I would I would migrate overseas. You know, then I will I will build up. You know, like uh small businesses. You know, to make to uh like I don't know maybe bakery or what. You know, make make cafes and such. You know, mm-hmm. to relax and then like yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is that is that's not my goal. Because I don't think I can ever reach that in my lifetime. Because reaching financial freedom, it's... Hmm. I don't know. It's, it, I think it's impossible for me. Yeah. <sighs> never say never. Let's be realistic, YT. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I'm very sure that a lot of listeners, uh, our listeners out there also, are in the same situation as you, where they feel like they are just, you know, slogging. Yeah. They are just living day by day. Right? They're just doing whatever they, they can to meet. Um, to meet the car- their their current needs, you know, just mm. it's like they are fighting fire, right? They they have no time to plan for future. But I feel like 
as much as you are you like you feel like mm. the wall is very high for you right now and you cannot press further. But I don't I I don't think that you should be so pessimistic, honestly speaking. Because you will never know the future. And and I don't think that um yeah, you should be cutting off all you know possibilities just because of let's say you're mm-hmm. not financial means, right? Money can be earned. I honestly believe that money can be earned. It's just a matter of how long it will take you to earn. Um, what, how much effort you have to t- uh, put in to actually earn mm-hmm. that money. So I think I honestly I I still do stand by the belief that everything everything is possible so long as you put your mind to it. It's just a matter of how much time, how much effort are you willing to put in, and how much time is actually required or how much effort is required to. So don't be so um, yeah. There there's no need to be so pessimistic about it. You know. You know, hope is the only thing that keeps us going. <laughs> Especially during this dark time. So if you lose hope... We are doomed. We are I don't doomed. know what you're living for, honestly. Yes. But I mean, I'm not... Uh, I am optimistic. Okay. I... I, I, I When you... Mm-hmm. I do leave my day um, with a smile every day. I don't... I don't dwell on the things that I don't That's... have. Yeah. So, I mean, your mm-hmm. question is... How do I live my life to the fullest? As of now, I can't. Yeah, I can't. So yeah, okay. so it it will come to the the time where, you know, I I will tell you, Whitey, I've reached this mark, and yeah, you know, I'll mm-hmm. be you know throwing my, my motorboard. <laughs> okay, so you're saying right now you can't, but you hope and you are striving yes. towards being able to do so. Okay. That, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's that, I mean, yeah. there's always, there's always a, there's always a goal, you know. I mean, uh, not everybody mm-hmm. have a goal or an ambition. I mean, every everyone should have one, you know. If they, I mean, ambition. Yeah, I mean, not. I mean, some people may have not any ambition, but mm. I think just a goal, right? Just something yeah, yeah, to look yeah. forward to every day. Something to work towards. Mm. To. Yeah. Okay. Um. Whitey, do you? I mean, do you have any? Um, advice, okay, since we actually talk about death, okay, and as well as, uh, I think, I think we should highlight more on the suicide topic of this. So, if, um, do you have any advice for okay. those who have these dark thoughts in their head, their mind? Uh, so, yeah, we can put a close. Okay, uh, my, yep, for me, for those people who are having suicidal thoughts, I, I cannot imagine what you're going through. All I can say is to just reach out. Reach out for help. Because, yeah, that, I mean, how do I put it? Because I'm not in their shoes, so I would not know what they're going through. So I cannot be presumptuous and tell them, oh, you should do this, you should do that. But I feel like you should always speak to someone who is a medically trained professional. They will know how to actually help you go about your, uh, how, how to go about dealing with these issues. But, Honestly speaking, I feel like um, for those who, people who are having suicidal thoughts, you really need to think about, you really need to think hard, you know, think hard about why are you having these suicidal thoughts? Because I feel like, you know, with all problems, there's always a root cause and you will only be able to resolve the problem if you know what the root cause is. So that's, yeah, so I mean, for all those people who are having suicidal thoughts out there, I, my heart really goes out for you. And I really hope that um, you guys can pull through this tough time because there are 
always better things out there. It's just a matter of whether you want to see it or not and whether you are prepared to see it or not. And you shouldn't shut yourself out, which is why you should always reach out to people, to the right people, and yeah, get the help they need. So how about Mm, you, JJ? I think I already said my part, (laughs) I think 10 minutes ago. So I think we're going to close this um, topic, uh, dealing with death uh, and suicide topic yeah so yep. um uh, my our hearts okay will be out to all yes. the affecting families okay on the previous cases okay yes. about the 14 year old you know boy and as well as the elderly couple and the son mm-hmm. yeah so um mm-hmm. dealing with death is not easy okay uh, emotional support is everything those who are with you right now, please cherish yes. those who are still alive. Yeah, and life is very exactly. precious. So, um, JJ and YT, yes. okay, the singer uncensored, signing out.